This episode is brought to you by Black History Year, a new podcast from Push Black. Black History Year teaches you the history that you should have been taught in school. Get connected with black scholars and leaders who are bringing the real knowledge. Know your history. Check out Black History Year on Spotify or go to blackhistoryyear.com. that I want to do it's starting to become so clear to me tomorrow ain't really guaranteed no so many days I thought of you it's about time you knew the truth gotta act quickly you and I and fall in love so many reasons why why don't we so why don't we why don't we why don't we why don't we fall in love why don't we fall in love it's so many reasons Mm. Mm. it's the only thing that matters to me yes (laughs) give it up for a marie the legs i don't know what her last name is Hope everyone is doing all right. Is Saint Marie doing all right? Somebody needs to ride past there and make sure she's still doing all right. You got to do the drive by her. She live in a DMV. Do she? I might have to look. Yeah. Do she? Really? I think that's where she live and where she's from. Okay. Well, I, 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 I think she's know. doing book reviews on the YouTube. Is she now? I got to look into that. Praise the Lord, Nate. Now, you know I've been making stuff up, but I Clearly. feel like I think that's the truth. I think that's the truth, though. I don't think I made that up. Praise the Lord, niggas. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Getting Grown, where we discuss the turntables, the turnups, hey. the temptations. <laughs> Melvin, Otis, Blue, Eddie, and Paul. <laughs> you know, I am still not well. Blue went into that kitchen to get them ribs and never came out. Oh, oh, oh blue. Oh, blue. oh, blue. <laughs> what? <laughs> Every oh, time I hear that's all I ever say. Go get it out the fridge there. He's like, I'm going to go the long say, way. It did hear smoking. <laughs> I miss you, my buddy. <laughs> I miss you, my friend. <laughs> Ain't you know what my favorite part of that Otis. movie is? Ain't nobody coming to see Besides you, that, <coughs> it's when Otis and his son were on the basketball court. Oh. And they was having a conversation. And his son, or were they on the porch? I think maybe they were on the porch. And this, No, they was on the basketball court. And the son goes, <laughs> this is not intended to be funny at all. Oh, you always on the road. <laughs> and when I tell you ever you since that movie came time. out, I lose it. You always on the road. <laughs> it is and also when when David was getting high, he was in one of them crack houses and he was trying to get he gave the nigga keys to the car or whatever. He goes and digs in his pocket and it's like the little noises he makes while he's digging his pocket. He's like, oh, give me that. <laughs> It's not supposed to be funny, but it is. Anyway, welcome back. How are you doing? I have no complaints. I am doing my best. I am safe and I have what I need. Per. Amen. Per. Period. Poo. Period. Yes. Poo. 
How are you? Pooh. Same. Same. Yes. You know, I am safe also. I have yeah. also what I need. I am grateful. Keeping our head above uh, water. Okay. Making, making a way, way we where we can. Temporary layoffs. Good times. Easy credit ripoffs. Scratching at surviving. Hanging in a childlike. <laughs> Ain't we lucky we got em. Do, 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 do. Good times. Yeah. Well, well. Hmm. No, you missed it. The best part is that um, that hmm at the end. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is, and then and then bring up Marvin Gaye's album cover. <laughs> what a time! <laughs> That's what they be doing in there, like this. Yes. Anyway, yeah, I'm safe. I have what I need. I'm good. I'm figuring it out. You know, it's fall, so you know it's transition season. Um, We're changing. And you know how I like to transition. <laughs> Oh my lord. So that's what I've been doing. Oh yes, honey. It's been purge season yet again. Feel like I just got out of it. Um and just getting the house ready to be in the house. You know what I'm saying? It's about to be colder outside, so I got myself like a new shoe rack for the front so I don't have to look at the shoes and you know, just little shit like that. Had the organizer come back in and she, you know, worked me out mm-hmm. in my storage closet and just kinda like started setting things up. So I feel good. And I feel like I have what I need and like I am safe. So thank you very much. I'll remix your mantra the way they be doing friends every new year, every month. I have to do it every, I be like, whatever friend said. (laughs) Yo, niggas been like, new month, new niggas, whatever friends (laughs) said. New bills. New, new bullshit. Yes. <laughs> new bills. New bullshit. Yo, y'all be cracking me up with them remixes. I be dying. Um, but we have a little trash to get into, you know. So I think we shall head over that direction. What do you think? Hey, Amen. Let's do it. <laughs> Um, we got a little trash this week. First and foremost, we want to send love um, to Nini's son, Brent, who suffered really a stroke. He, he suffered. He's only really? 23 and he suffered a stroke and congestive heart failure. He had a heart what? attack. Yeah. And a stroke. And um, he is recovering. But he yeah, apparently he had a, a, a pretty big role in the running of the nightclub that she opened with Greg before his passing. And Brent was uh, intricate in that opening and um, running the club uh, and keeping things together. And yeah, I know I was really, really sad to hear that 23 years old, but he is, he, he, uh, he is living and he is recovering. So, you know, we just want to send some love his way. That's really sad to hear. I remember when he was a little boy on the show, you know what I'm saying? So yes, because it wasn't he. He was who Nene was talking to when she was like, "When I answer that, when I call, you need to answer the phone." Yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. answer it. I mean, 
I mean, pick it up and say hello and don't take all day. <laughs> and if I leave you a message, you need to call me back <laughs> in a timely fashion. I'm not waiting all night for you to call me back. You need to call me back <laughs> like you got some sense. I, Nene is a funny, that is a funny. And when I call you, you need to lady. answer the phone. <laughs> Listen, that was the voicemail. No, she was talking to him like he was like going out with his friends and she was like, uh-uh, because when I call, you need to answer. <laughs> if you do miss my call, you need to call me back. Mm-hmm. And I'm not waiting all night for you to call me Wait, back. Wait, was that Brent or was that the I expect for you to answer when I, answer, when I call the phone. You, I expect for you to answer. <laughs> <laughs> it went viral. It's like, uh, it was like a TikTok audio and everyone was doing it. Like... <laughs> This be me to my mama. When I call you, I expect for you to answer the phone. <laughs> and you need to call me back. Isn't it offensive? Like, I do get a little bit offended when my mom doesn't answer the phone. I'm like, what are you doing? That, first of all, let me tell you something. We're going to have to deal with the tests and trials and twists and turns of yeah. raising your parents. Yeah, man. Because I feel like... Something has happened and some switch has been flipped. It has. Because I feel like the very simple things that I have to explain to my mama right now Mm -hmm. and it be on some like crazy, like, you know, my mom called me and told me that she, she was having a little health situation and she waited like days to let me know and i was like i don't understand why you didn't feel like it was pertinent to share that before now I don't know um that's, that's very about. that's infuriating <laughs> that's infuriating because i was like you know if something like this had happened to me and i didn't tell you you would be on your way up here right now but you just telling me in passing just that I just you went to the to emergency you know. room and right. i'm like hold on hold the on the er hold is on, different sister that's not going hold to the on. doctor hold on well, I just did. I just, I just didn't. I just w- w- wait a second. <laughs> I didn't want to worry you. That that be getting on my nerves. I'm like because now I have more worry because you withholding information. Right. You withholding. And I don't know when's the next time. And you're I got do to that. be. You know what I'm saying? I got to be Harriet the Spy, and now I got <laughs> to. Now I got to surveil you because you don't want to tell the truth. It, we are raising yes, them. When them parents don't answer the phone, it be given like, where you was at? Where you was at? Because <laughs> my mother will certainly call me, will not ask me if I'm busy, what I'm in the middle of or anything. It will just start exactly. talking. So I'm like, the few what times that doing? I, what are you, what, why are you not answering? Because you, every other time, you want to call me for oh, nothing. Oh, and don't, because the last time I got on a flight, I called her to tell her I was boarding the plane. She didn't answer. And then I called her on the plane and she didn't answer. And... Uh, then she called back like, I just, I said, let me tell you something. Okay. I don't understand. Twice. Any other day of the week. Hmm. 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 But when I'm you telling you I'm boarding my a phone flight. 19 times. You ain't got nothing to I say. Said, I don't never pay her. Like, I almost never. That's what I'm saying. We have an agreement. If I, my mother calls me and I don't answer, it's really because I didn't see it. Or it was because I'm not in a place where I could hear her and I'll text her and say, you know, I'm blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm I, pretty mindful of of when it comes to her <coughs> being responsive when mm-hmm. she's trying to reach me. And I don't be feeling like she be trying to return the same energy. No, they don't. 
my mom will like go incognito all day, all day. And you'd be like, where the, like, what were you doing? I haven't heard from you. Why haven't I heard from you? Then my father calls me. And my father called me the other day. Jada, I don't know. I bought a, I bought another iPhone, but I had to send it back because it was too small. I said, what do you mean it was too small? <laughs> it was too small, Jada. It wasn't the size of my other one. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, did you have an iPhone? What is the shit called? Max or whatever the fuck? What is it called? Yeah. I was like, the, is that what you have before? I don't know, Jade. The I haven't bought a, I haven't bought a new one and 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 I'm like, oh brother. <laughs> Sir. What do, would you like me to do about this? Because there's nothing I can do about this. I just want you to know that. It's awful. So yes, raising your parents is great, big not fun. Uh but back to this trash. Um so yes, we were sitting in love to to Brent. And then I just yes. wanted I wanted to know if you had were hip to the Isley Brothers' new song. Mm. That reaction I tells me why. why. <laughs> so if you aren't aware and you're listening, the Isley Brothers oh, have a. Said, when I text you, Brent, you need to respond. Not respond. <laughs> respond. And when I text you, you need to respond. <laughs> and don't be taking all day. When I when, when you're supposed to respond, when I text, you need to respond. I'm sorry. Please no, you're fine. <laughs> because listen to Nini go on her rants is just funny. It's mean as she's been over it's the years. Just, she's I just mean, absolutely ridiculous as things have gotten with nini she makes for good tv she just i'm does. so sorry she was made She's for enjoyable it. to watch she is exactly and i just we can't apologize enjoy for that. watching her carry on <laughs> I'm, i just won't apologize she's a good carrier she on makes, she makes the shows that she's been on she makes them better yeah they're just better to watch how many nini-isms do we have so many. So many. So many. Your slave is behind you. <laughs> That's my favorite one. Close your legs to Mary, to Mary Lynn. Lynn. <laughs> When she was calling, she called him a trash box. You're a box of trash. You're just a trash box. Listen, we... No, my personal favorite. My personal favorite. Now, now, now how did I get in it? You now, see how, how they put now, me in it? Now, how did I get in it? Well, no, now also, why they put me in it? Where is your scooter? And <laughs> another personal favorite. I didn't call you a bitch. I said you was acting like a damn bitch. Because <laughs> you was in women business. Because you was in Peter. women business, Peter. You was in women business. <laughs> I didn't call you a bitch. I said you was acting like a damn bitch. <laughs> And the bridesmaids, okay? Because Nene refused to say the word bridesmaids no, for an can't. entire season. She can't. She cannot. She can't. Um, but back to the Isley Brothers. So I, I blame all of you. Terrible song. I blame everybody. Because why is Ron Isley trying to sound like little baby? Because What's when happening? he because when he was on the Versus, niggas was posting oh, no. all his his all his clips with him and his fur coat and his new teeth and his hat and shit. And they're like, oh look at Zaddy Ron. Oh, I give me a sugar daddy if you look like that. Oh wow wow wow. So this nigga lost his mind. And then paired up with Richard Ross. <laughs> he paired up with Rick Ross and the Isley Brothers have a new song. And part of that song, and I quote, says, richest oh, niggas that's ever been, oh, God. richest nigga Jesus. that I ever was. 
know. I just saw some promo and they had on these apple green fur coats. Oh, I didn't see that. Hold on. Let me. I'm just. It just. Because I just so happened to find that the Isley Brothers had an Instagram account and I found that through the young man who was singing. I watched. When they were down to the Essence Fest, I watched when they streamed the Essence Fest. I watched that. Oh, and hold I on. Just, this is a goddamn mess. <laughs> I feel like at what point is the exploitation? We are living advised? in a simulation. We are living in a simulation. Who advised? I'm like, does he need the power of attorney? Who advised? Who is overseeing his affairs? Rick Ross. Who is overseeing his affairs? Because <laughs> the biggest boss the that you've seen making, thus far. The decision making is just not there. And we have a problem. Something is terribly wrong. It's the biggest boss it ever was. But don't he just... Let me... I I don't know, child. It's the I biggest boss know. that's ever been. It is the biggest mess that's ever was. <laughs> that's <what it> is. <laughs> I just wanted you to know that. But you knew it. That ever was. Um. <clears throat> oh, speaking of mess. Okay. Oh, so... I just I know you've been hip to uh, that lady who is supposed to be a life coach and the low vibrational plate. I just thought, you know, here it getting grown. It wouldn't be getting grown if we did not discuss this low vibrational plate. So what about the plate exactly was low vibration? I, I don't know if it was the I don't know because was it a paper plate? I, I no they were both eating the it's, same. They were things. both eating the same food yeah. off the same type of plate. It's the same barbecue, same side. I was it the fact I, I hope it didn't have a corn. I think the lady had corn. There was the <laughs> the lady had corn. She, I know that she had like a hot dog and a hamburger, and the coach. Had like two chicken wings and a corn. I was like, so is she judging the fact that she has potato salad or some shit with her? There are like processed foods and complex carbs on the other plate while she is focusing. The only thing, but that was it was only the potato salad because y'all are eating the same shit. I was trying to figure out because was it a quantity Mm -hmm. issue because the other plate had more food on it. So I'm like, maybe, maybe you're perhaps. vibrating higher if you are hungrier. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the criteria is. But she made that lady feel like shit. And that lady was agreeing with everything that she was saying. She's nodding her head like this woman. That was so, that is so dangerous. And this lady is a life coach who charges like 10 G's no, no, for no. retreats. why I feel like we need to have a conversation because what the internet has done right when what it does in in every case right it just speeds up transmission proliferation of information it gives everybody access to everything a lot faster than we would have had it under normal or you know circumstances 
yeah. prior years or whatever. Yeah. And so I think because there's so much information and misinformation out there, right? We have got to go back to basics and start teaching people how to vet and be critical and ask critical questions and sort of form their own opinions. Because I think that there's just this takeover of, of all of this like group think very dangerous, like cult like mm -hmm. uh, affinity for it. And, and, and I mean, y'all think it's like a joke and it's funny to talk about these viral videos when they happen. But, you know, That's dangerous. That lady is dangerous. We're talking about like health and wellness. Folks, you know, maximizing off of people who are unwell. Yep. Yep. Because. We can never lose our uh, our capacity to discern and mm. to make thoughtful choices. When we just start to blindly following things, mm. um, even in the name of vibes and vibrations, like <laughs> at some point we turned our brains off, right? And I just it concerns me. I feel like I sound like somebody's great great aunt right now, but no, I just can't I help you're... it because y'all not thinking no more. What happened? But that lady looked big and grown to me to be to be. But this is what I'm saying though. But there's so many people who are so uh, impressed with these images that are on social media because how many times like anybody who has an Instagram page can make themselves a coach just by putting coach in their bio yeah and somewhere along the way we stopped checking credentials right and every inform all information is deemed credible without ever asking any questions about how you know who said why should why should we believe in you why should we do anything you tell us to do B because you got you know money and you know i don't know like we we just lost our capacity to it seems like we're losing our capacity as a people to ask the right questions but where does that come from i don't know because there is nothing in my spirit that would ever allow me to take whatever bullshit this lady was spewing at, at heart. Everybody wants to be the next viral sensation, the next. And I think we become so caught up, right, in these things. <clears throat> and everyone, everyone is selling everything. Yeah. Right. And I feel, I don't know, this is just hard to sort of wrap your brain around. But huh, it's, it's, I'm just losing I don't know. It's hard to talk about because I get it's really troubling because it's just like all of these people is just trying to make money and everyone's making money the best way they know how. And yeah. sometimes people are selling things that did, that used to be free, <laughs> like, you know, mentorship, teaching someone. I'm not saying that, you know, there are there should People should absolutely be paid for their knowledge, their expertise, their time, mm -hmm. their skills. Mm -hmm. But um, somehow the the waters got muddy and it seems like we will give our money to anybody who says that they did something without properly checking whether they did it, how well they did it and, and whether or not they are able to teach you how to do it. Yeah. Everybody, just because you are do something well, it doesn't mean you need to be teaching. 
It's true. It, it doesn't mean that you ought to be coaching. It's true. And mentoring. What we're going to have a conversation about mentoring later on because you know I think October twenty seventh or something or twenty fourth. I don't remember. Twenty seventh. I think is National Mentoring Day. But we got to a place where you know we forgot that mentoring, coaching, teaching these things are skills and competencies. Um, and they're not always, you know, acquired by the same means, but it used to be a time where you had to learn how to do these things. And now it just seems like everybody feel like they got a right to do everything and they got a right to charge people for everything. And I just want to know what happened when the breakdown was, when we stopped asking the right questions or asking questions at all, it seemed like, but yeah, I saw that terrible, I saw that terrible clip and this woman being berated for berated. eating food at a cookout. And agreeing with it. it. And agreeing with it. It's very sad. And it's scary. very sad. It's giving it, like what kind of mind control is happening here? Well, I, I, weak mind control, which is what fat with which is what fascinates me when I see shit like this because I can't quite grasp uh I guess you know what people are in different places in their life. I just can't grasp holding on to no bullshit from no lady like this, but that's, you know, that's just me. That's just me. Anyway, it's a troubling, it's a troubling time. If anybody tells you you have a low vibrational plate, tell them to suck your dick. Um, but what does that even mean? It, it doesn't mean anything. I saw another video. Funny enough. I saw another video before I even saw that video. Um, I saw another video where that same lady was um, at a like a koi fish pond and the shit she was talking at the pond to the camera. When I tell you, you could I didn't know what she was talking about. It was all English, but she wasn't saying anything at all. Pay attention when you bring the food. The right people gonna come eat. Oh yeah. <laughs> Today I had an experience of feeding the koi fish. And it's just amazing to see how they all came around to eat the food. The ones that wanted to eat. Some wasn't really hungry, so they ain't come around to eat the food. But they gonna come eat. Let them marinate. Anything at all. And so I saw that video before I saw the low vibrational plate video. Yes. <sighs> Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Scary. It is. It's frightening. Scary. It's frightening. And that's what's happening in America. Um, what else is going on? <laughs> there is a young raptress. I just thought it just tickled me by the name of Glorilla. And oh, I, know. Uh, I just wanted y'all to know that her entire name is Gloria Hallelujah Woods. And I found that to be delightfully black. Everything and that was it. That's it. Yes. That's it. Um, last, as you brought up the term groupthink earlier. So I don't know if you read uh, or saw the recent stuff with Lauren Hill's daughter. I think Selah is her name. Mm-mm. So she was also photographed wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt. Um... And no, I'm not talking about that nigga right now because we're just not talking about him anymore. 
But this young lady got on the internet and said that everybody uh, has a, you know, a group group um, think mindset and you don't see the in-betweens and the wah-wah-wahs and all the comments were all the same. Your grandfather is turning over in his grave. Like, how can you be up here oh. saying this? What is going on? Where Where's your head at right now? Um, yeah, so I just wanted to make you hip to that. That was it. She was also a part of this brigade. I don't give a fuck about Candace. What's her face? She can choke. He, I, I don't give a fuck about that nigga. I don't want to talk about him anymore. But this young lady has also been swayed. And this is why it's so dangerous when people get up here and say that, oh, this person is trolling or this person is doing that. Do you realize how disrespectful and dangerous you're being to your own people? To the point where somebody feels justified and they think that the people who think this is absurd and obscene are the crazy ones. It's fascinating. I told you we're living in a simulation. That was it for the trash. As you can see, it was a far reach this week. <laughs> it was a far reach. So <laughs> we're going to leave that there and we're going to head on over to the shout outs. All right. Kia's face. My sister's popping right now, Lala. All right, we got a shout out this week, and it is a listener letter. So I'm just going to get to it. Good day, ladies. This is from Tanisha, by the way. Good day, ladies. Good day, Tanisha. Hey, Tanisha. I trust this day finds you both well. I would like to submit a shout out for my sis to my sis for Bev and Company Luxury Hair. This black woman-owned company was created by sisters Bridget, Rosemary, and Trisha, my blood cousins, who saw a need for quality hair products and exceptional service within our community. For many years, they have experienced the frustrations of ordering units that were ill-fitting, poor quality, and came with a dose of horrendous customer service from companies that fell short on their promises. Bev & Co. was birthed as a solution to that problem. I would like to shout them out, not only to help support, but also to shout out how proud I am of them. The company was named after their mother, Beverly, my aunt, who is a hustler of all hustlers. My grandma's name is Beverly, and let me tell y'all, Beverly's a hustler. She has an entrepreneurial Aww. spirit and has found many creative ways of making ends meet without having to be on someone else's clock. Additionally, our grandmother Joyce, a Jamaican immigrant who came to the U.S. in the 70s by herself with $24 in her pocket, was the epitome of getting to the bag. If there was an opportunity to make an extra dollar, she was not going to squander it. Although we lost her unexpectedly last year, we're sending you love, I'm certain she is over the moon proud of what this endeavor they have embarked upon. We are her legacy and I am so proud. So I will put the link in the description box for Bev, but the uh, website is www.bevcohair.com, B-E-V-C-O-H-A-I-R.com. And the Instagram is at Bevco underscore Lux Hair. So all of that will be in the description box. But if you all are out here looking for quality units and you want to mm -hmm. keep it, keep it flowing within the uh, ecosystem, then make sure you check out Bev cohair.com again links are in the description box and with that being said let's get on over to our kitchen table before you book a fancy dinner at any restaurant you pour over lists and lists of reviews so why not do the same when you're booking a doctor's appointment 
With ZocDoc, you can see real, verified patient reviews to help find the right doctor in your network and in your neighborhood. After all, finding the right doctor is just as, if not more important than finding the right plate of ribeye, is it not? So ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun. Whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else, ZocDoc has you covered. The mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Since you can read verified patient reviews from real people when you walk into the doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment, in person or remotely, that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com grown and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash grown. ZocDoc.com slash grown. Is the piece of plastic in your wallet doing enough for you? Because with a secure Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start building credit with everyday purchases and on-time payments. You see, with Credit Builder, members can increase their credit history with no annual fees or interest. And having a good credit score can mean getting better car loan rates or renting apartments easier or just bragging rights around a dinner table. Make your first good decision in 2022 and join over 10 million people using Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com slash GG. That's Chime.com slash GG. Banking services provided by and debit card issued by the Bancorp Bank or Stripe Bank NA members FDIC. Eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Overdraft only applies to debit card purchases and cash withdrawals. Limits start at $20 and may be increased up to $200 by Chime. See Chime.com slash spot me. All right. And so uh, sort of inspired by our conversation last week and just sort of, um, you know, the times that we're transitioning. I was having a conversation with Toya earlier today about just how much has changed um, in the last couple of years. And one of the things that we were saying, though, uh, was that although, you know, we never, ever thought that we would have to negotiate a global pandemic and and endure like a shutdown, Mm -hmm. um, everybody being sent home, working from home, all of that, that was not on the radar. We were thinking about how much that has changed our lives generally but also mm-hmm. how we think about work um and what it means to work how we sort of situate work and purpose and mm-hmm. and thinking like putting work in the context of our of our broader lives and you know doing some digging thinking about our conversation last week with Tashara around pivoting how major life events can cause you to have this awakening Mm -hmm. um that'll prompt you to reconsider how you live your life and you know this concept of quiet quitting and the great resignation it seems like all of us have been thinking about uh 
what the pandemic has meant for our pet professional lives. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, what are, have you given that any thought? Uh, what, what has the pandemic taught you about yourself, about your work, how you think about your work? That I want to be really, really, really intentional with it. Um, and it's not to say that I wasn't being intentional before the pandemic, but I think even more so, for instance, with Santana and I doing the dinner parties, those were a very intentional experience. They were also extremely exhausting. <laughs> and so now, mm-hmm. you know, we've pivoted into when we, you know, when we can make it work and we can come together and, you know, aside from our individual projects that we're working on and we can come together and do it because we want to, then then cool. You know, that's what we're going to do. But it doesn't I don't want it to feel like pressure. I don't want it to feel like, oh, we, yeah. you know, we're on this 10 city tour and this. So that's just kind of an example of, you know, being really intentional with what I've wanted to put my energy towards. And it's not to say that I'm not I'm using that as an example because I love the dopest dinner parties. But just just really being intentional with every project that I put my hands on and making sure that it's something that I thoroughly enjoy, that is something that I want to be working on. I and I understand that hard parts come with all of that and there are challenges that come with all of them. I'm not looking for easy work, but I'm looking for work that is fulfilling. Um, and while it's frightening and the pandemic was probably one of the, the heightening moments of that, of that, uh, scariness, um, I work for myself. And so literally what I bring in is my, is what is, is what is a paycheck. You know what I'm saying? And so even with that, even with that, that fear, um, I still am determined to continue to work on things that mean something to me. And I think that really came to light during this time. And yeah, like even choosing to go to school and, Mm -hmm. you know, just where I put my energy, I feel like that was a a huge shift and a huge time for that. Yeah. I think, I think that that makes a lot of sense in, and even thinking more broadly, I did some quick, some Google searches and there are like so many, lots of folks have been thinking a lot about work trends post COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, the ways that COVID <laughs> has sort of shaped the workforce more broadly. Uh, Pew Research reported that before the pandemic, 23% of all workers were teleworkers. And now that number mm. is closer to 60%. Mm. And it's not that <clears throat> folks don't have the option. You know, when we were in the pandemic. We didn't have the option. We were forced to work from home. Uh-huh. Now, even given the opportunity to return to office, folks are choosing to work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just, in, in, it seems as though folks are sort of, well, I'll speak for myself. I, I'll say personally, I feel like we are primed to turn a corner in like conventional thinking and conventional practice yes, and really embrace what I believe to be a new normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And so as someone who studies change and transformation and had, had to do a lot of that work in the pandemic, right. Mm-hmm. What we started to see when we were talking to these leaders, institutional leaders, organizational leaders in the higher ed space is that COVID ended up being uh, a necessary interruption um, 
um, because crisis has the capacity to do that, right? We don't really plan for crisis. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And even even though it's painful and difficult to navigate and determine, it really forces us to get off of that hamster wheel of routine Mm -hmm. that we're just socialized to just get up. We get up, we go to work, you be there at nine o'clock, you work for seven and a half hours and then you go home and then you get up the next four days and you do it again until Saturday until you don't have to do it. Like, and it's just, you know, it's not something that is questioned. We've Mm -hmm. never questioned whether or not the work week was doing what we needed it to do. Was this Mm -hmm. the best use of our time as individuals? Was it the best use of our time as organizations? Mm -hmm. So this crisis ended up being a necessary interruption. It made us all stop. And I think if we were to embrace the lessons that come out of crisis, right? I think everyone wants to just sort of go back to normal, but the opportunity here is to embrace the fact that normal wasn't serving us. And I think that's what's happening when you look at the amount of people who are pivoting, changing careers, quiet quitting. Um, This sort of space where we've all been socialized, you know, capitalism teaches us that we all have to work ourselves to death Mm-hmm. retire when we half dead mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then you know we may or may not get the opportunity to really enjoy all all of that we've invested all in a retirement fruits. because we've been so committed to you know these norms and standards of what is acceptable and expected yeah um but i think <clears throat> for me I, me and toy was talking about how like it has resituated COVID resituated work in my life mm-hmm. in a very important and necessary way. Mm-hmm. I realized that I was here to live, uh, that you, that you, uh, that you, uh, live to live. You don't work to live. Right. You live, <laughs> to, live, live. to work. You work to live mm-hmm. and work is a means to an end. You work so that you can have, a certain quality of life. And yes, that does require you to invest your time and energy um, differently at different phases. But the ultimate goal is not to just keep working uh, or to get to that place of insatiability where you're not satisfied. Mm -hmm. It's to have a goal, to strategize, to reach that goal. And then once you reach that goal, you strategize into the next goal or whatever, whatever that is. And so, I am, you know, we say, I joke around and say all the time, like, I feel like I am a, a recovering, overachieving mm-hmm. black woman because mm-hmm. I recognize that there were many times where I was working, where I could have been spending time with my grandma, was could have been spending time with my family. Um, and so, like, seeing the pandemic play out Help me to put things back into perspective and really understand that I work for my life, but my work is not my life. Yes. And, you know, my purpose does not or should not require me to exhaust myself. Yes. Purpose is not, it's not designed to kill you. Mm -hmm. It's designed for you to be working at optimal level yes when you find your purpose you're not supposed to be run down beat down dragged out exhausted and burnt out Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be 
position so that you can pour into yourself and give yourself and set yourself uh, up in a way where you in that cycle of working but also restoring and filling yourself back up so that you can yes. continue to work to continue to to be useful within your purpose so i just think that i, I it's my hope mm-hmm. you know that i can continue to rewire my brain um you know took the pandemic to teach me that it had been 10 years since i had a vacation a mm-hmm. real one mm-hmm it took the pandemic to teach me that, you know, I went home on holidays um, and spent time with my family, but that wasn't a vacation. That wasn't something right. that filled me up. Right. <laughs> a lot right. of times that left me more depleted. So mm-hmm. it took the pandemic to teach me certain things. And I'm hoping that I can take what I have learned and start to move differently in my life. So that's why I don't understand why all these people is rushing back to, um, life before covid because i'm like and i understand that some people have come to realize like because i think i think another beautiful thing that came from the pandemic was people getting to know themselves a little bit better and so some people came to the realization where they were like i'm not good in this setting right i'm not good from my home and i have other options but i have but there are other options and i think even revealing some of the really antiquated mindsets of, mm-hmm. you know, those in, in upper management positions who insisted that people come back into the office in certain instances and insisted that work, you can't possibly be working if you're working from home and, you know, not wanting to change those policies. And when we get stuck like that, we die. You don't grow, you don't yeah, change, you I don't think- evolve, you die. There's so much, and this is, you know, forgive my bias as a qualitative researcher for just shining through, but I think that there's this obsession to quantify and measure everything. Yes, absolutely. I was talking to, um, I don't remember which one of my friends we was talking to about this. Oh, 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 I was talking to Alba. Oh. She was saying, hey, girl. Hey, Alba. Um, We were talking about how, you know, one of her friends or neighbors you know she was talking to them outside of the house and she was like oh let me be I gotta go I'll be right back I gotta go upstairs and jiggle my mouse because there's a tracker and if her mouse doesn't move for a certain amount of time then she's docked or there's some sort of you know and I'm just like (laughs) for what that's so fucking dumb but have you met the the criteria that you were supposed to meet for the day like are you handing in the shit you're supposed to hand in are you doing what you're supposed to do then why the fuck do you need to track my movement there there are certain jobs and certain tasks that require um a certain you know you gotta you know certain processes require you know, you have there's data entry. There's things that have to be done to keep mm-hmm. workflow going. I understand. Yes. Right. But there are a lot of there's a lot of work that we do. And maybe I'm like, you know, hey, I'm I'm an academic. I'm socialized differently. I think about work very differently. But a lot of my work is way much more cere- cerebral and conceptual. hmm then you know i would ever be able to capture mm-hmm. on like a work log mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like listing tasks quantifying frequency of of how many times i do a thing there's so much of my work 
that would never ever be reflected in that sort of uh output or Absolutely. measurement system Absolutely. right like even think about sis i guess we think about it, if we put it in context the amount of hours that are you know I, there's a certain amount of minutes of podcasting that we have done there's a record of all of our shows our shows are a certain amount of minutes mm-hmm. and so i guess if we really sat down we could we could say that we have how howsoever many millions of, of podcasting minutes that we have completed but there's so much more than to, to than putting just a podcast together sister. than cutting on these microphones and press and record and, and whatever 60 or 80 minute show you get as a result. It's really the sum of so much more work and effort and labor that goes into Absolutely. that work. Because the show has to be put together. You've got to find different information. You've got to look things up. You've got to book people. It's You've got to edit it. It's, it's got to be edited. There's so many You've more do other the description steps. Box. You've, there's so many things that come along with it. you got to make sure equipment is working. You got And I remember when I was working um, for, uh, I was working as a project manager for a clothing company <laughs> in which I was in charge of, um, uh, international, excuse me, um, uh, not international, Canada and U.S., the openings of various factory stores, in which that came with a laundry list of ensuring certain, you know, pieces were there for set, certain things were there, mannequins were there, you had this type of mannequin, you had that type of mannequin. We had to literally go down and break down the types of mannequins we have for the type of clothing that they would be presenting. It's every single detail. And it was getting done. And I remember I was commuting to Jersey at the time. I was also bartending Mm -hmm. at night. Um, And so, and, and Noah was little. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I was commuting to this I was commuting to Jersey and then I would then turn around and drive to drive to uh, Midtown's Columbus Circle and go and work until one or two o'clock in the morning and then I'll turn around and go home and then I get up and I do it the next day and so I finally spoke to them because it was a couple of times where I was like I the bridge is closed or whatever I couldn't make it to Jersey and after a while I said listen can we have a conversation Everything that I'm doing in this office, I have the capability of doing from home. And I asked them if there were two days out of the week in which I could work from home in order to not have to do that whole rigmarole. And I was like, and I'll probably be able to complete more working from home at this time. It's true, though, because it's going to save four hours of a fucking commute in a day. I just think I think the pandemic has I feel like we have all learned a very valuable lesson in that it proved to us that that we could be functional and productive without having to sit at these assigned desks or workstations. Right. Um, and that there is a lot more efficiency and quote unquote productivity if we were if we didn't have to sort of waste time doing things like commuting and that yep. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um I think I was also reading, I read a, a paper um, by a, a student, a student, I think she's still a doctor student, but she was studying economics and she was talking about um, 
Yeah, this is an undergraduate student. Pretty impressive. Go ahead, girl. But she was talking about the relationship between capitalist economics and, and white supremacy. Yep. And talking about how this sort of belief that work and productivity, you know, has to fall, look look a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like across all fields, across all job types, like that is about control more than it is about productivity and efficiency. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's about like letting people like, uh, you know, socializing, indoctrinating this belief in people mm-hmm. that their sort of fulfillment, productivity and success is tied to what this system deems, uh, you know, whatever your, your, whatever your organization or boss would deem, you know, you're not, you're doing you, whether or not you do your job or how well you do your job, mm-hmm. whatever that means and however mm-hmm. that is measured. And so we then be, become beholden to these metrics and we stop thinking about, you know, do I like this? <laughs> is this mm-hmm. the best way to do this? Mm-hmm. Are there other ways to do this? Cause I think honestly, um, I feel like we could even go as far as to think about whether or not we need a five day work week. Now that might be real extreme and, and, and liberal. I don't think that's extreme because the, the OG colonizers, the, the, the Osiris's of this shit are over there and they don't work. Well, I don't know. I think the British work Friday. I don't know though, but I know some of the other countries are not working (laughs) Five days. They got things like siestas and holiday. We just, and I, I, I would hope, I feel like there's an opportunity here and the window is closing and it's all, because it's all coming down to the bottom line and what really makes the, makes the United States tick. And that's always going to be money. <laughs> um, always. What do you mean? But, <laughs> but it is just always crazy and forever. Yes. It's crazy to me how much uh, I've learned about myself. The pandemic mm-hmm. has sort of really sort of helped me to, it, it really was the crisis that caused me to stop and think and reflect on how I was living my life and whether or not I was living my life in a way that reflected my values, my beliefs, my desires, um, and really mm-hmm. sort of deprogramming myself from all of these conventions of how you make money what what you know how to use money we all have got to realize that all of these things are deeply you know it's about the mindsets that we have and we really need to do as much as we can to sort of get woke not to beat the pun to death but to (laughs) really turn the lights on ask questions and Mm -hmm. and don't just get caught up in the the routine so much so that you forget to check to stop and check in like is this the life that i want to live especially especially if you're in a leadership position too because think about think about the morale of the people who work with you and for you, you know, and how that can be so much better when people actually have some balance between their work and their life, when there is work-life balance. You know what I'm saying? I think a nigga would be much happier if they're able to get up at 7.30 and put some clothes in the washing machine and brush their teeth and have a decent breakfast and sit down for your little funky-ass meeting that probably should have been an email anyway. 
than they would be if they had to sit in 45 minutes of traffic or an hour and a half of traffic and look for parking and do it. Like people are, are so much better in those positions and they can, they can uh, provide much more quality work. But Much like more, you said, people like get higher stuck. quality work. Uh-huh. Yes. And we just so get caught up in this hamster wheel of unnecessary process. Yep. We don't even, and that's what's been when inspiring to me because, and I'm grateful to have um, worked to a place to get to a level in my career where I can, I have the flexibility to stop and ask questions. Right. Because I recognize and I haven't always had this. So I want to acknowledge that everybody is not able to just pause and reflect. Right. Because Mm -hmm. we got to get these checks Mm because, you know, the bills are coming faster than we can pay them. Um, But I'm grateful for to be to have reached a point in my life, in my professional career where I have I can sit around and and think and recognize that there is so much power in asking questions. And really sort of constantly being in this place of inquiry where we are trying to figure out, is this serving the purpose that we intend? Mm-hmm. And so much of our work is routine that we got away from reflecting on whether or not is this getting us to where we want to be and in the way that we want to to be when we get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I do not. I have no interest in working so hard um, for this concept of uh, a life of ease that, that, you know, is, you know, people act like that's such a far away thing, right? Like you got to work so long in order to get to this level of ease. And that's not the case. Some of us can embrace ease on our way. Absolutely. To finding that real purpose and truth and and standing squarely in that space of who I am, who I'm meant to be. And I don't have to, you know, burn myself out in order to to be here because I'm functioning as I was designed to function. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can stop. I can have lunch. I can have a life. I can have a life. And it's not like a, it's not like the end of the world. And it really is. I see the reprogramming because as I even start my new job, you know, I'm recognizing that the norms have changed. The culture of this place is different such that if I have an appointment in the middle of the day for anything, I don't have to sort of, Oh, can I, is it okay? Blah, blah, blah. It's just like you do your job. If you need a block of time in the day where we shouldn't schedule you for meetings or you need to be unavailable, we're not worried about that mm-hmm. 60 minutes, girl, because we know that the value that you bring to this work, you know, and there'll be other nights where I'm sitting at this desk until however, because I need to get it done. And so you make up for it. And so it's mm-hmm. not about punching a time clock. It's about doing a job well and recognizing that in order for that to happen, I need to be a human and not a machine. Human. Yes. I need to go to bed. I need to not sit in two and a half hours of traffic. I need to work out. (laughs) Right. I need fresh air. I need to get up and wash my clothes. Yes. I need to wash my behind. (laughs) There are things (laughs) in my life that facilitate my capacity to do my best work. 
And those things are just as much a priority as the meetings on my calendar. Absolutely. And if that means if you're one of those people that's like, I don't do well from home, then that means you go to a co-working space for a little period of time or, or you, you go to or a I mean, coffee shop. I mean, you can't go into the office. Yeah, or go I'm not into saying the don't go into the office. Yeah, yeah. but I'm it's about reevaluating. It's about thinking about, is this the best way? Is this the only way? And the good thing about the great resignation and the pandemic, I think folks have really been a, a, a awakened to the realization that there are other options out there. And conversely, organizations and businesses are starting to recognize that they're going to have to prioritize a work-life balance in their employees because happy people are more productive than miserable people. Are productive people, exactly. And furthermore, I'm going to tell you where I got real confused with the companies, with all of the backlash as well. Doesn't that save you overhead? Doesn't that save you and 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 building costs and you know for for the companies that did offer amenities so and much. all these different things? Like, doesn't that save in all of that overhead? Why are we fighting this feeling? <laughs> because not, it is because and people are just beholden to the norm. Yeah, and there's this there's this notion that if you are at home, you're not working as hard as you would be working if you was in a cubicle, and yeah. that is just some malarkey. Well, maybe. Well, hopefully Lark- that will continue to shift in the in the direction that we see it going. I mean, there was a time when they said women wouldn't be good employees. So, you know, hopefully we are staunchly heading into the handmaid's tale. But I also uh, <laughs> I also have hope that maybe that there will be some shifts, you know, happening as the world is changing because more people are putting their f- their foot down about what they will and will not tolerate. You know what I'm saying? I'm like you said, back. they quiet quitting. Nah, man, I'm not going to the street I'm moving clubs, forward. I'm, yeah. I'm going and I will have to always work with organizations that recognize uh, that I'm an adult and I know best how to manage my time and mm-hmm. do my job and I yep. can do my job. Yep. I can from do where my I'm job at. from wherever I am. Mm-hmm. I can, or, you know, you know, and I'm, and I, and not to say, cause I mean, I, I have to travel for work and there are times when I do have to show up and when I do have to show up, I do, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like I don't ever want to be in a situation where we tracking logging hours and minutes and all of that nuns. I just don't have that in me to do anymore. Oh no. I remember the last time I said I would never take a drug test again in my life. I said, this is the last one nigga. Never again. What's crazy is that I've never had to take one. Hmm. God bless. Not once. And you'd be the perfect <laughs> candidate to do so. And I would yeah. pass. It's always I niggas so like well. me. <laughs> now, Gerda, that was many moons ago. That was many moons ago, the last drug test I ever had to take. I said, I'm not Ooh. working nowhere else where this is a thing. What is this? But I Speaking also... Speaking of f- piss tests. What? <laughs> did you hear about Lamar Odom's book? No. In his book, this is a little foray back to the trash, please forgive me. But uh, in his book, he disclosed how he cheated on the piss test for the 2004 Olympic Games. Because why? He was smoking crack? I guess, or whatever. He knew his piss would be dirty. And so he had his trainer piss into a dildo, a fake penis of sorts. And then he strapped that penis on to his penis and 
squoze his trainer's urine out of this artificial phallus. And uh the and and that was the you know the piss that was used to determine that he was eligible to participate in the Olympic Games, but he was not. <laughs> how did because I wonder how he kept the temperature proper? I don't know. I think it happened. I think like they and he said that they he he described in the book that they they took the they what they put a thermometer in the piss to make sure that it was warm. Yeah. But I'm guessing that he just they must have did this piss exchange just before the man walked into the room. So now you're incriminating this been. man. It must have been hot and fresh piss. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I just felt like I just felt like I could have gone on to glory without ever knowing that. I, and I wish that he would have kept that to himself. And also I'm sure your trainer did. Cause why like you were incriminating this man for I the rest of like, eternity or person? I hope that's why I say I hope that he at the very least did his due diligence to make sure that the statute of limitations had run out on these I criminal hope so. activities. This this person's criminal never be able to activity. train another athlete again. <laughs> Fucking. And life. I said, now is there going to have to be an asterisk on that? Because I think that that Olympic team went on to win the gold medals, and oh. I said, is there now going to have to be an asterisk next to all next to everybody on who got that gold medal because of this? I said because foolishness. And it's still Either fa- way, listen. wow. It fascinates me, though, that this nigga was able to play pro ball and smoke crack, nigga. That's wild to your girl. Very much so. Now, granted, it's listen, wild, I have I have known I have known a lot of um, and crackheads have superhuman strength and athletic oh, ability. Very, very much so. Very much so. Uh, I'm picking up buildings. I told you I seen I seen somebody who was riding a bike with no wheels. It was just rims on the street. But <laughs> it was just rims on the street. I was like, yo, you're fucking God. Spider-Man out here. But um, it just fascinates me. I'm like, I know people can function. I've I've seen it. I've heard about it. I remember I had a I have an uncle who's who's been functioning for the longest. I have um my homeboy told me about his neighbor who was a mailman and smoked crack only on the weekend. But it still blows my mind that this nigga was able to smoke rocks and play pro ball. I feel like and there are many more functional crackheads in the world absolutely. that we just don't know about. Oh, absolutely. Have you ever met an attorney? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> oh, my Don't gosh. come for me, attorneys. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Some of them do love the cocaine, though. It was. <laughs> but yes, that I mean that was it. I just wanted us. Uh, I felt like um, it was what worth talking about. This no, it was pivot. The power of the pivot. What the pandemic has taught us about our professional lives. Oh yes, I thought you were talking about pivoting into Lamar Odom's peepee dildo. Well, I will never. I'm pivoting out of discussions about <laughs> Lamar Odom's penis for the rest of my days. I don't ever wish to share that or speak that aloud ever again. You said it. Amen. <laughs> and it move, is so. Let's and go so to the honesty box. We are cool. we are done. You don't need a summer getaway to transport yourself. Book your smooth escape with the wax experts at European Wax Center. 
This summer, whether you're going far away or sticking closer to home, the relaxed, confident feeling you're dreaming of is closer than you think. Just visit your local European Wax Center. When you visit European Wax Center, you get the best by the best. Their certified wax specialists are expertly trained in prepping, protecting, and pampering your skin. The European Wax Center online booking system makes getting a reservation simple and straightforward. You can also use the EWC app to book your waxing service. The secret is their signature comfort wax. It's a proprietary blend of beeswax sourced from Europe and other skin soothing ingredients that allows us to remove hair easily for a virtually pain-free experience. I personally am going on vacation this summer, but whether I'm sticking close to home or I'm going away, which I finally get to do, very excited, I've definitely booked my appointments at the European Wax Center. And the wonderful thing is that I was able to do it online. It was easy. It was simple. It was direct. It was everything that I need with my busy schedule. And I know that I'm going to go in and have a beautiful experience by experts. Book your smooth escape with the experts at European Wax Center. Make a reservation today. Your first wax is free. This episode is brought to you by Black History Year, a new podcast from Push Black. As black people, we know we're left out of the history books, and we know learning about our history makes us as people stronger. Black History Year teaches you the stories that should be taught in school. Get connected with scholars and leaders who are bringing the real knowledge. From the systemic abuse of black women to the ways black people are misrepresented in the media, from the complicated role of the black church to the importance of legal gun ownership in the black community. Black History Year is your next indispensable podcast. Black History Year is produced by Push Black, a community of over 5 million black folks who care about how our past shapes our present. Know your history. Check out Black History Year on Spotify or go to blackhistoryyear.com. Honestly? Truly. All right, it's time for the honesty box. And um, in choosing this honesty box this week, I know, sis, that you've been transparent about some of the uh, struggles you've been having this week and in dealing with grief um, and the recent loss of your grandmother uh, physically. And I... You know, we've we've both suffered loss here on the show and in life. Um, and so I thought maybe especially with the with what you've been sharing lately, that this might be helpful to this listener. Would you like to give her a pseudonym? Sure. Let's call it's Oh, it's a her. Um, she her. Um, let's go with Jesse Spano. All right. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> hi, Jade and Dr. Kia. I'm a long time getting grown listener, so I would be remiss if I didn't first thank you ladies for giving me at least an hour each week that I can look forward to. Whether a laugh, a cry, a needed punch in the gut or just shared information, I'm always better after listening. Thank you, Jesse. Today I'm writing not with any questions per se, but more of a thank you specifically to Dr. Kia, who through her own transparency regarding grief has blessed me more than I could ever put into words, more recently with the passing of a grandparent. I, like so many other listeners, prayed and continue to pray for your strength and peace. I did so not knowing that I would need those same prayers a few weeks later. After a few weeks of fevers and not feeling like himself, we found out that my grandfather was suffering from what was called septic emboli. This quickly led to him suffering a bleeding stroke, which he could not recover from. My grandfather transitioned on August 23rd. 
Prior to his illness, he was always in great health, especially considering his age, 89. My grandfather meant so much to us. Having lost my father at 21 due to complications from leukemia, he was quite literally my dad. He was there for my brother and I in every way imaginable. Doctor's visits, moving, sports, you name it. Even in his older age, he made it a priority to be there for us. I hurt for my mom and her two siblings. I hurt for my sweet grandmother who's trying to come to terms with the fact that her boo, as she says, and keeper of 66 years is no longer here. Him no longer being here feels like a dream. And the other day, via Twitter, Dr. Kia expressed exactly what my family and I all feel. She talked about the fact that everything is different now, how although we understand how blessed we are to have had our elders at this point in life, losing them is still so heartbreaking. I want you to know that your transparency has helped encourage me, and I'm sure so many others navigating similar circumstances. I hope both of you ladies know that the vulnerability required and the things you share weekly, especially regarding the topic of grief, is never taken for granted. Thank you for listening. Stay safe and continued blessings to you both. Oh, she said no pseudonym. Sorry, Kayla. Oh. Kayla Jesse Spano. <laughs> oh, Kayla. Wow, Kayla. Thank Kayla. you so much for that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was beautiful. I uh, am grieving and I am doing my very best to uh, show up and fulfill my obligations and responsibilities. Um, but this is hard, um, for all the reasons that you could imagine that it would be hard, um, yeah, and I think it's just, I have to be honest about the fact that I am still struggling. There's just no point in not telling the truth about that. Mm -hmm. The fact is... A big part of my life is is gone, and that is something that I am going to have to grow and adjust and adapt to. Um, and I think that is fair, and I hope that you, Kayla, are extending yourself that same space. Mm -hmm. Um. Because, you know, I, I've shared before, a grief counselor that I work with after we lost Brian was like, you know, it is like losing a limb. Mm -hmm. And yeah. a few weeks after you lose a limb, if you lost your leg or you lost your foot or you lost your arm, mm -hmm. you wouldn't just be driving and going about your daily life. Yeah. Six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks after something like that, you have to learn how to adjust. Yeah. You have to, uh, you know, you have to heal from the initial injury. And then you would need to determine whether or not, you know, prosthesis was an option. And then if you were to get prosthesis, you would need to be fit for prosthesis. And you have mm -hmm. to learn how to use your prosthesis. And mm -hmm. so it is that long a journey. Uh, and that painful a journey because of from what I have learned that, you know, there's all kinds of physical, actual pain 
that is experienced in a healing process like that. Mm -hmm. And so it's terrible. And then when you add on to it, you let's say you finally adjust to the prosthesis and learn how to live through life. It's still a constant reminder that that limb is not there. So it's never as if you... It'll never be like your original limb. Right. Right. Or having your original limb. And so it is a constant, all-encompassing, all-consuming life change. And there's just no other way around that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... You know, um, I am grateful that at the very least, the things that I share about my experience um, are helpful and encouraging to other people. Because I feel like that's something that my brother and my grandmother would be proud of. Absolutely. That's all I can hope so thank you kayla praying for you and your family very much so um absolutely thinking about you um and what you're dealing with and thank you for taking the time to say such kind things it means a lot yeah we just uh i wanted to share that with you for the honesty box because I know it's hard sometimes and it's been hard lately, but it is a community and this is evidence of, of so, you know, and how our lived and shared experiences can continue to hold each other up. So we're grateful to provide the space and we're grateful for you all to also provide the vulnerability and the honesty yourselves as well. Uh, we wouldn't have a space if we didn't have a community. So thank you, Kayla. Um, and continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. And now we will move on to the self-care. Let's do it. I deserve All right, it's time for the self-care. And um, mine is pretty simple this week, actually. Mm-hmm. And unexpected. So I had to go to the Bronx. I had to go run an errand to go to the Bronx earlier. And I was very irritated about that. It's <laughs> very irritated that I had to drive all the way to the Bronx and I had to go deep in the Bronx. And so, and I don't drive a lot anymore at this point. Tristan takes the car for the most part. I'm absolutely fine with that. I just don't have time for the headache. But having to go all the way up there, I said, okay. I got in the car and I said, I'm going to make the most of this because I have one hour Mm -hmm. and some change commute. And it was a holiday, so the traffic wasn't as bad. It's always bad, but it wasn't as bad. And I popped on a playlist and I just enjoyed my ride, actually. I I let the music play. I didn't talk on the phone or anything. I just let the music play enjoyed whatever came up because it was a very random playlist and I said you know what this little drive there and back was actually not so bad it was 
it was a nice little time, you know, I mean, just, just a, a little, little time. time to like, cause mm-hmm. I realized, you know, I used to listen to a lot of music and as time has gone on, I still put music on if I'm cleaning and stuff sometimes, but sometimes I find myself not. And I found myself more mm-hmm. often recently not putting on music while I'm doing stuff. Um, and so it was nice to have that time in the car to just, you know, you know, you know, some stuff just hits differently when it comes from the car as opposed to AirPods or what have you. And so it was nice to just have a ride with some, with a playlist in the car. I hadn't had that in a while. So that's my self-care. I love Thank that. You. you deserve, everyone deserves a, I, I, I also find just driving sometimes to sort of just be a nice yeah. break. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, you're paying attention, right? But it is, uh, and it's, I don't want to say it's mindless, but there is something that happens when you drive that just allows you to sort of just. Yeah, that's how I missed my, one of my exits. Step away from <laughs> things and get, you know, you get, you're allowed to focus on the road and just sort of the mm-hmm. presence of being in the car. You don't have to think about all of the other yes. things. So I love Thank that for you. you. Um, I guess my black woman self care this week uh, also, uh, I would say it's kind of simple in nature, but you might disagree. So um, I have been working with my therapist to sort of read. I already disagree. Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Continue my (laughs) path. And uh, I have decided that I am going to try to plan. some uh, celebratory activity yes. for my 40th yes. birthday coming up. In I'm a very excited. And this weekend, I booked a flight. So at the very least, I'm yep. going. <laughs> I don't know where I'm staying or what I'm doing just yet. Those details have yet to be determined, but I did commit to the extent that I booked a flight for a birthday trip. And I love you so much that I, too, what? <laughs> did yeah. the same thing. And we That's might be sleeping indeed. on the beach, but guess what? <laughs> <laughs> Sand in the coochie, nigga. We about well, to have a good time. <laughs> listen, we are having... A time I'm very excited to spend some time away with the people that I love the most. Um, And I am going to commit to doing something to celebrate my birthday in in an appreciable, memorable Mm -hmm. way. And I hope that I can have some time away by myself and with my friends, but even to do a little something a dinner or something for, you know, everyone can't travel, but maybe you can do a little something mm-hmm. smaller scale um, on my actual birthday. But we'll work those details out. But in Black Women's Self-Care, that is what I am reporting. Ugh, I'm so excited. We leaving for Kia's birthday and we sleeping in the airport. We're it's going to be great. Sleeping <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> no, it's going to be a we good time. And I'm, I'm excited that you... It's going to be a good that time. you decided to celebrate yourself. I know this is a uh, this is a, a feat, okay, y'all? Because Kia does not. Yes. When you told me you took yourself to the spa 
Okay, I was just, I, I was, was so, so happy. And I was so pleased with that. I was so pleased that you did that. I was so taken aback when my, when my therapist said that that was not It's enough. not, but I was glad that you did something. She was, like, well, she was like, you did that and it was good. But she was like, that's not something that you do for. This is a milestone birthday. You must yep. do something milestone worthy. And so we milestone it, nigga. Okay. Getting grown was a rolling milestone because we are getting ready to go and celebrate Kia for her 40th and it's going to be a blast. And I'm really, really glad you were going over the hill, guys. No, you're not. Not yet. In the hill, 50. I don't know, child. We're just like right up there. (laughs) 40's the new 20. That's what Jay-Z said. Jay-Z says a lot of things. Jay-Z said 40's the new 20. Jay-Z said fuck the NFL. And then I don't know. But, that's somewhere that got lost. But <laughs> well. I, I love I usually just yes. say this stuff because it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> well, well there we are. now that I've and gotten now, good let's in get back yes. to the mess. <laughs> I was about to say, we have kickball changed right back into the mess. So let's keep the party going. In these petty peeves. Right on into the petty peeves. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. All right. It's petty peeve time. And my petty is very peeved today. Or my peeved is very petty. Oh, all right. I have decided that I have a beef with Balenciaga. It started when I first saw those fucking Crocs with those little teeny heels on them, and I was instantly irritated. I remember then that I day. seen the Birkenstocks with the little heel on them. You remember that? That was also equally atrocious. Um, and I feel like there was one more. And I just keep seeing all these things coming out, and I'm like, what are y'all doing? But they also have a problem with problematic racist things. They have oh, a history. I saw a mm. post. Mm. Uh, that sort of chronicled all of their missteps as it relates to cultural exploitation and appropriation. Uh, I believe that they've sent, they've sent models down the runway in blackface. There've been some, uh, they've titled some earrings or something. There was like some jungle earring. It was some, some, it was some craziness that's been... Now, I, I remember... I about it on social media recently. I remember them Katy Perry, Gucci, Mamie shoes. I remember those, but... Oh, there's so many, I, so I many I will be looking into this. Well, there's missteps um, just to my naked eyeballs outside of the, the social aspect of it that I didn't even know, so now I feel fully justified. Their latest antics include making a luxury line of... Balenciaga chip bags. So essentially they're making these I saw um, that. Yeah. Purses. Purses. I saw that. They look like Lay's and Hot Cheetos and Fritos and fucking ruffles and shit. And I'm very irritated that they that is a like thing. I had a pair of sweatpants last year in June. These sweatpants were like eleven like twelve hundred dollars. And they were gray sweatpants and it had like red and green boxers peeking from the top of the gray sweatpants. Um, and it was like, it was like a mist. It was like appropriating a sag, the sagging of the pants. Oh, okay. And um, 
what? you know, how, how black men have been arrested and all kinds of craziness for sagging pants. But these, these people, let me look at this history of Balenciaga. It's all, all kinds of stuff. There's been lots of things. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sagging hmm. pants. There was some earrings or something too. I can't remember. Um, you know I need. Oh, oh. Yeah. Let me look oh. at this. Oh, wait. Balenciaga was the one with that fucking uh, turtleneck, yes, and they had this seventeen hundred seventeen hundred dollar trash bag that was supposed to be like their most expensive trash bag in the world. Like it's just, it's just. It's like, girl, if y'all don't get out of here with this foolish man. And there's there've been issues at like their castings. There's all kinds of stuff that's on the internet. Um as it relates to that particular brand. And so Yes, I do think Justin Bieber's locks are racist. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Holy God. Yeah, I'm going to Crocs. Oh, oh, I see the sweatpants. First of all, these are just ugly above anything else. They're just not. They're nice. just ugly. Look at the bottom of these. Look at these daddy ass. I'm about to mow the lawn ass sweatpants. These are bell bottoms. <laughs> these are flares. <laughs> this is crazy. It's really bad. Do they still make jeans and flare? Um, I'm, yes. I think that that's still a thing. Is it? Okay. Um, For some These people. Trump little little tra- trousers. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm irritated. Okay, what's your petty peeve? <laughs> my petty peeve is that I don't know what which of these children told the TikTok about my beloved medicine balls. My medicine ball tea from the Starbucks. Yeah. But the medicine ball is now sold out up and down the East Coast. So what's they in this thing again? It's like steamed lemonade. It's it's like pe- peppermint tea. There's also like a fruit tea. You can you can make it on at home. Like the recipe for it is online. But it's just it's, you know, it's multiple steps. It's like, yeah. you know, peppermint, honey. It's supposed to be rich in vitamin C. It's supposed to be really good. And I just enjoy it. It's my favorite. It's my go-to wintertime beverage at the Starbucks. And it has been for many, many years. It has. But the children have gotten a hold to it. And now I can't get a medicine ball. And I am nothing but devastated. So that's really what happened? It blew up on TikTok? That's what I was told. Because I asked on Twitter... Like if this was just an all out attack on black joy or if something else was going on (laughs) and people told me that it went viral on TikTok. And since then they've been having a hard time keeping the ingredients in stock because the people just been buying up the medicine balls out of nowhere. So it's peppermint tea, steamed lemonade, honey, and fruit uh, punch. Let me fruit punch did you say fruit is punch? that what you said is that what you said no I, oh. <laughs> I thought you said fruit punch i definitely did not oh god fruit punch fruit punch i thought i, I, I think I, the the actual name 
of the of the drink if you go to that uh starbucks is the honey citrus mint tea because it has citrus tea it has um peppermint tea um it started out on the secret menu then became so popular that it joined the official menu um but yes, it has uh, jade citrus mint tea bags, peach mm. tranquility. Um, so peach tea, mint tea. Yeah, peach tea, tea, jade citrus mint tea, peppermint, wild honey, and steamed lemonade. So I just put my lemonade in like my steamer, like like I do my milk for my lattes. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Okay. Oh, but yes, so it's a bevy of teas the, and steamed lemonade those and honey. Are the makings of the medicine ball. These and are the I don't makings. Know, the children have made it uh, impossible for me. TikTok is to a demon. Enjoy my beverage of choice, and I got an attitude about it. It's a gift and a curse. Okay, no, I understand that. I'd be irritated if something sold out because TikTok too on mine. Let me see. This why I don't be putting my taco place on there because I ain't got time. That's what I'm saying. So I've been trying to perfect my at-home making of the medicine ball, but it just don't hit. The but same. I will continue to work on perfecting it. What do you think it's a, what home. do you think is missing when you make it? I'm not entirely sure. I wonder if I my ratio of lemonade to water is. is off. Okay. I'm wondering if there is some sort of cuz I don't have like a milk steamer. Mhm. Mhm. So I don't know how that how that works. Oh. I had just been sort of either heating up the lemonade in a little pot mm-hmm. or putting it in the microwave, but that's sort of a real bootleg way, I'm sure. It is. Um you can also get a steamer for pretty cheap. From uh, where? Either Nespresso or the Zahn. And then you could steam your own milk. It takes, I mean, steam your own lemonade. It takes two seconds. And when you want to make other things, you can steam your own milk. Well, what would I need steam milk for? I don't know. Hot chocolate or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> well, I will investigate and report back. But yeah, let this me know. is where we are. All right. I'm determined to help you figure out this ratio so that you can... So that you may never have milk to depend. steamer and frother. Is that what that is? Yeah. Milk frother. Yep. Huh. That's it right there. They have an instant milk frother. Four in one electric steam. Oh, I can get this. Uh, okay. Four in one. Frother. It says four in one electric milk steamer. Automatic hot and cold foam maker, milk warmer for lattes, cappuccinos, macchiatos. Mm-hmm. Does it also make the um, iced frothy milk for an iced latte? I will have to. I will have to like, give this a go. Ha, have you ever tried a nice? I chai? wonder what kind of lemonade Starbucks makes though, because also I just feel that, like, what do I? I feel like it might be the actual lemonade that. Um. You might have yeah, to get you a really good this. lemonade, like Natalie's, or um, I mean, you could try it with Simply, but you might have to get like a really like good a, yeah. quality lemonade, or even like a freshman, like a Nantucket. Oh yeah, oh yes, exactly. Or you could even mm-hmm. get the fresh pressed lemon juice from Wegmans, 
and then make you a little simple uh, syrup and make your own lemonade. Mm. Yes. So I have wondered if actually, because there's so many different versions of the, I'm going to find out if you work down to the Starbucks report back, tell me if I'm missing a step. Is there like, do they put the peppermint syrup in there as well? Or is it just the Jade Centrus mint tea? And the peach tranquility tea. Is that how we're getting the mint? Or is it a pump of peppermint in there as, as well? As well. Oh, interesting. I wonder interesting. because sometimes the peppermint be real minting. Let you know me what I'm saying? My brother in law, if they had this thing when he worked at the Starbucks. Yes, I'm sure they did. But I'm certainly about to buy myself a frother. Let me ask him. And I just wonder if it will him. allow me. Somebody just send me a recipe if you work down to the Starbucks. We're going to give this oh, a go. We're going to try to make this wrong right. And Random I'm soliciting your assistance. Question. Did you ever make, what are they called? A, a medicine ball. Medicine balls when you worked at Starbucks. At the Naked, naked White Lady Mermaid Coffee Store. Okay, I will let you know what he says. And then listeners, if any of you work it down to the Starbucks, please feel free to shoot us over uh, a custom recipe. We will not expose you. Thank you. Yes, we will not. Thank you. You so have much. my word. Yeah. NDAs right here. Verbal NDAs. We will ensure that you are kept as safe as possible. And I'm just want to make but this because yes. I'm curious at this point. I want to taste it because you've it been going up so this shit. It tastes so good. It is something that has always given me joy. Um, and you see, and I'm not a big like, want... mint person. It's grown on me over time. Okay. I don't mind a mint I like tea, I but I don't like, like mint this. ice cream. I don't like mint and chocolate. I don't, I don't like think that. I've ever had mint ice cream because that just sounds wrong. It feels you wrong. know mint chocolate chip. You know niggas like mint, and then it's that weird color of green. Like I'm just not with it. I'm not. It's it not my gives ministry. toothpaste. Yeah, it gives it, yes, toothpaste. with chocolate chips in it, and I just don't need. And that I in don't my life. want any part of that. Mm -mm. That is none of my business. I'm not into the Klondike bars. I don't know if that's mint. You know, um, every once in a while, I would enjoy an Andy's mint patty at a hotel or something. Now but I have had an after dinner Andy's mint. And, 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 you know, one is fine. I don't need more than one. Niggas be grabbing handfuls. No, 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 no. Take them. That is absolutely fine with your no, girl. No, 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 no. Now, I did used to, now, and I did used to also, caveat, I used to also partake in those Girl Scout cookie thin mints in which I would put those now, in the freezer. Now, that I've never been able to get into either. Now, I put them in the freezer. I don't know if it's something about that, that cracker wavery, you know, crust or mm -hmm, that little mm -hmm, cookie in there mm -hmm. i'm not sure if that you know kind of breaks it up but i can get busy with a thin mint i prefer a samoa though anyway we are dragging on the end of this episode thank you so much for we listening apologize. to yet another episode of getting grown and all of our foolishness um we couldn't do it without you uh please continue to tell the people to share the share the share the show you know, rate five stars, all that shit. Write your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. And we love y'all. We really love y'all for listening to the community you've created. Sister, take them out and tell them what to do. Make sure that you're doing your very best to moisturize your mind 
by mm. attending to the business that is yours and yours alone. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't be ashy in your consciousness by worrying about other people's <laughs> business. All right. You also want to make sure that you're moisturizing your insides by drinking as much of the Lord's water as humanly possible. Absolutely. This is how you keep yourself thriving out here in these streets that are trying to take us down. Okay. And you also how Finally, you keep from having to put another nigga's pee pee in your dildo. Continue. Oh, sweet holy God. Uh, and finally, you want to moisturize your largest <clears throat> organ, which is your skin, because your black will in fact crack if it's dry. Y'all take care now. Bye. Bye.